This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Greetings to those who watch below. Before today's video, I just want to remind you all if you hadn't heard. Within the next month, I will be releasing my brand new podcast with my co-host Alan. It's going to be an exploration of those creepy and dark things in this world that I'm sure we all love. It'll be called Dark Times, and stay tuned to the channel to find out exactly when it will be coming out. Today's video, though, we will be looking at some truly terrifying urban exploration stories. So pack your bags, grab a knife for safety, and let's begin. It started several years ago. Me and my friends' interest in urban exploration, that is. I was a junior in high school at the time, which was when everyone started to earn a lot more freedom, so we took the chance to be out late whenever we could. Now keep in mind that I live in a major city in central Colorado, so the nightlife is never lacking. We could always find something to do, and were especially drawn if there was an element of danger. We wouldn't always plan these trips, but we made sure as hell that if we were going into any old building in the dark, we would have a knife and a flashlight for safety. We never really had to defend ourselves, but we came very close one evening. It must have been around November, because there wasn't yet snow on the ground, but it was chilly. Directly across the street from the abandoned hospital, which we have hypothesized is still around from the tuberculosis era, is a hospital that is newer and in use. The two are connected by an underground tunnel, which I can only assume was a way to move bodies without alerting the patients. We had been inside the hospital a few times, but never found anything strange, only the occasional sign of others having been or lived there. What was piquing our interest that night was the abandoned library next door to that hospital. It was connected, but only by exterior walls. To get inside, you couldn't cut through the hospital, but instead had to hop over a tall wall and climb a very high fence. A few of us had backpacks, containing the aforementioned safety precautions and a couple of bottles of water. A little ways off the road, it was dark if you clung to the buildings. We did for a while before stepping behind a small patch of shrubbery, which we determined was an easy way over the first wall, since the only other way to gain access was by a chained, unclimbable gate at the bottom of a set of stairs facing away from the ledge. Both were parallel with the library, so when tucked back in that corner behind the bushes, no one could see us from the street. I don't believe I went first, but I didn't remain behind to be last over the wall. It was too high up for me to jump and haul myself over, so I resorted to stepping on a pipe jutting out somewhere lower along the wall. It gave me a bit of a needed boost, and I was soon up and over, moving into the library's courtyard. Another girl and I waited for our two other friends to join us. Upon an initial glance over the courtyard, there was no obvious way in, 
To our right was a dilapidated fountain, which I took joy in imagining spring forward a spray of water from its detailed stonework in the brighter summer months. People laughing and talking with the surrounding trees bringing them shade. Now, however, it had been in long disuse, and the earth at our feet was cold and hard. There were no signs of another soul for years, save the fifteen chain-link fence directly in front of us, separating the courtyard in half. I could tell it hadn't seen the same weather as the rest of the courtyard, because the metal showed no signs of rust. That must be our way in, we agreed, because with a fence like that, someone obviously wanted to keep us out. We hurled our bags over the fence, hearing them clank on the ground rather silently due to their lightness. I was the third over, because I have a slight fear of climbing, and it took a bit for me to mentally prepare myself. I made it to the top of the fence in short time, then sat at the top straddling it with a leg either side. I had two girls on the other side in front of me, and one behind me who was telling me to hurry up. I spent a good couple of minutes up there doing another mental preparation and some deep breathing, then climbed down to wait for the last girl. At the time, I was thinking that that had been one of the scariest things I'd done in a while, because I tend to avoid climbing at all costs. Of course, this is an irrational fear as I've never fallen, but that phobic fear didn't even compare to what happened next. The last girl's feet hit the ground, and all four of us split up in the smaller half of the courtyard, looking for any kind of entrance. We decided that breaking a window would be too loud and draw unwanted attention, not to mention we could get really cut up, so that wasn't an option. Searching for a little longer, we didn't find anything that looked remotely plausible, until we found a grate near the base of where two walls met. I couldn't believe we hadn't noticed it before, and upon closer inspection, the grate was already moved slightly from its resting place, so it would be easy to lift the rest of the way. The smallest and least fearful of our group went first. After moving the grate, there was another small drop down. It was no more than three feet down and two feet wide, but inside there was another drop down, where we could see into the library basement. She hopped down into the small square landing, only to almost immediately freeze. We looked amongst ourselves, wondering what was wrong. There's a guy down there, she said. What? Where? I can see his outline, she said. I leaned forward and tried to make out a shape, but it was further down than my line of sight permitted, and too dark. Hello? She called out. He responded the same, asking who we were. Uh, just a couple of chicks? She spat out bluntly. What he said next sent chills down my spine, and it was as if I could feel the darkness radiating out of that hole in the ground. All of a sudden, it was very still and quiet, like that darkness had spilled out and weighed all of us down in that gloomy courtyard. He said in what I can only describe as a lustful tone dripping with ill intent, I'm addicted to following the sound of women's voices. My friend looked over at us blankly, but there was nervousness underneath, unease. Something in his voice sounded like it wasn't an empty threat, like he wasn't just saying something creepy to get us to leave. She looked back to where he was, and said lowly, That's not cool. 
The guy under that dark earth began laughing maniacally, and not in the kind of way that a really good actor does, in the way that we could feel his utter insanity hit us like stale air. We looked at each other for what felt like hours in that gloomy courtyard, but I knew it was only a couple of seconds, because we all exchanged without even speaking that we had to get out of there, and now. I was not about to risk some nutcase coming after us, even if we did outnumber him. My friend scrambled up out of the landing, and I was never over a fence faster in my life. Fifteen foot potential fall, and I didn't even have time to think about it. We didn't stop running until we were on that street, and halfway down the block, out of breath. I can still hear that laugh. So, when I was 17 or so, I decided to become a novice urban explorer. I live in rural Minnesota, so there's no shortage of abandoned places to visit if you know where to look. Anyway, my boyfriend at the time lived in a tiny community just north of Nowthen, Minnesota, which had a two-story house that had been abandoned for about ten years. The story was that a tree fell onto the side of the house during a storm, and the guy didn't want to pay for the repairs and just left. We talked about exploring the place, but since there was a convenience store right across the street, to evade detection, my boyfriend pointed out that we had to go at night. We set our time to explore on Friday the 13th of that year. The crew we had was me, my boyfriend, and three other guys. While my boyfriend and I were waiting for our friends, we got a call from them saying that the front wheel straight up spun off their car and they needed a ride. I'm not a particularly superstitious person, but it kind of seemed odd to me, seeing as the driver took really good care of his car. Anyway, fast forward to the action. It was around 10 o'clock at night, and my boyfriend parked his car on a dirt road about a quarter mile away from the house. We hiked in, and decided to look in the backyard first. It was really overgrown, with waist-high prairie grass, and was generally uneventful, until we looked into the back windows of the house. One of them seemed to go in a pantry, where there was still canned food on the shelves. The door to the pantry was open, and from there we could see a full set of living room furniture, couches and all. This kind of leaves me to disbelieve the whole he left because of the fallen tree thing. It seemed like the guy who lived there left in a hurry. Our original plan was going through the back door, but it was locked with some industrial grade shit. We went around to the front of the house, which had a screen enclosed porch. Thankfully, that was unlocked, and we were able to look around the porch area. Knee-high stacks of Life magazines were absolutely everywhere, some of them dating as far back as the 80s, weather-worn and chewed through by animals. After fooling around in there for about 10 minutes, we decided to go inside. Naturally, being this 17-year-old girl in a group of 19-year-old guys, I was elected to be the one to open the door. As soon as I put my hand on the doorknob, I heard a noise from the other side of the solid oak door. Four deliberate, rapid-fire knocks. Everyone booked the fuck out of there faster than I've ever seen. We ran the entire way back to my boyfriend's car, but it wouldn't start. Everyone was afraid to go outside, and one of my friends kept claiming that he heard footsteps coming towards us. After a few long minutes, 
my boyfriend's car finally started and we punched it back to his house. Once we got back there, everyone had their speculations about what the fuck was on the other side of that door. My personal theory was there was a squatter inside that saw us snooping around and wanted to scare us away. I know that dilapidated houses can make weird noises, but the knocks we heard were very deliberate, not something a structural shift or animal could make. To this day, I have not visited that house again, or any other abandoned house in the area. So kids, if something seems like a bad idea, it probably is. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country, and jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. I'm big on urban exploration. Looking around man-made structures and sites really interests me. I don't often get the chance to explore big and actually abandoned places. A lot of what I do is sneaking around gravel pits and dams and lots of outdoor sites with sparse infrastructure. So when I find anything actually abandoned and worth the time, I jump on it. This all happened two days after Christmas of 2014. My experience scared the living hell out of me. I was out on a very nice winter day, getting ready to snoop around a paper mill I had known about since I was probably 12. I had visited twice previously that winter with my mother waiting in the car by the road. As I only planned on scouting these two trips, I left early due to the temperature being nearly zero Fahrenheit, with wind chill both times. This time was different though. My mother parked the car a few blocks away at a park, and we walked down to the mill as this week was still cold and snowy, but nice enough to check the place out in full. We took some pictures around the outside of a structurally unsound building, which we refused to enter, and I couldn't help thinking that I heard footsteps way around the other side of the building, but I blamed it on water sloshing and steam tunnels that I knew existed under this portion of the site. Ten to fifteen minutes later, we had finished up by the old building and headed into a large machine hall through a loading dock. At this point, I no longer heard footsteps but was still wary, as the area I heard them coming from was now only some 250 feet away, connected by a courtyard. We worked our way further into the machine hall, and I started setting up for a shot. Here is where, in my opinion, it got downright scary. We heard a loud crash in one of the rooms coming off the courtyard and into the machine hall. Needless to say, we ran. After running back through the building, We jumped out of the loading dock that we had entered and started running across a small overgrown lot to the fence. Once we got out here, I heard two yelling voices coming from the loading dock. My mother claimed she never heard these, and we ran another 200 feet or so, and upon reaching the fence, we ducked through. No one came out of the building to our surprise, 
but we waited behind a pile of wood chips just to be sure. When we thought it was safe, we started back down the road to our car. I set down my tripod for one last picture and noticed a dark blue SUV parked and running right next to a locked gate. I couldn't tell if anyone was inside, however. We took one long look at the beautiful setting sun shining through the darkening buildings and left. I thought absolutely nothing of the idling SUV until I started lurking online and realised how odd this all was. If you think that it was a security vehicle, it wasn't. This site is not guarded and is in an isolated area from the town it's in. It only receives official visits from the EPA in the summer to do testing, and I can assure you this was neither a security vehicle or an EPA vehicle. Whoever was in there, regardless of wanting to cause harm or not, sure as hell wanted us out. The scariest part of it for me was these people were hidden, and we never saw another human. I am an avid and experienced urban explorer. I have visited many different abandoned sites. The place I am telling you about has been explored several times by others since, but when I visited, it wasn't a common knowledge location, and all the buildings were still intact, except for the main house, which had, from what I had heard, burned, leaving nothing but the outer stone wall. Nothing but the outer wall remains and all the other buildings were torn down since I was there. To more recent urban explorers, it's known as the Stone Castle, and even more recently than that, the Osler Castle, which is the name given to it by the Heritage Society that has decided to fix it up. When my boyfriend at the time discovered it, he saw it in the distance from a roof he was working on in Oromedonte, Ontario. There was, but not anymore a large barn, a carriage house, and towards the back of the property, a stable. The first weekend we both had off together, we made the hour drive to explore it. The property was absolutely stunning. On the top of a hill back from the road, you could almost imagine living surrounded by such beauty, and we did exactly that. The house itself was gone, except for the wall, and if you looked in the basement window, you could see an old stove laying among the wreckage. You could tell it had been a beautiful home at one time, to whomever owned it. Being the explorer I was, I insisted that we investigate every single corner of every single building that was on the property, and although my ex was less enthusiastic about it, I insisted. Honestly, I didn't see the point of driving for an hour just to look at the outside of the buildings. No. I had to go in. The first building we explored was the barn, both upstairs and down. Down in the basement of the barn is where things turned from wow to holy shit really fast. In the basement, it had been used as a place for satanic sacrifice. There was satanic artwork all over, a knife with what appeared to be blood on it, and an altar with black candles a bottle of what smelled like blood. The most disturbing piece was that whatever satanic group was using it, they had built a makeshift cage out of the silo with chains inside. 
My boyfriend at the time wanted to get the heck out of there as fast as possible, but I convinced him to stay so we could explore the rest of the buildings on the property. I told him it was probably just a bunch of kids screwing around. No big deal, right? Wrong. Our next stop was the stables at the back of the property, and honestly, I was so caught up in my love for exploring that he wouldn't have been able to persuade me to leave without going into every single building no matter what. I opened the door into the stable, and the smell hit me. Rotting flesh. And the entire room was littered with animal corpses. Dogs, cats, rabbits, even coyotes and foxes. They'd been horribly mutilated. It was absolutely the worst thing I have ever laid my eyes on. As soon as my boyfriend saw that, he grabbed me and said we were leaving right at that moment. And that killing animals is not just stupid kids doing stupid things. This is some serious shit. So we started to leave, but there was one more building that I wanted to check on the way out. The carriage house. He said no effing way were we going there and stomped off up the hill back to the main house, assuming that I would follow. I didn't follow. I went around the hill by myself and took a quick peek in the carriage house. It was anticlimactic and had absolutely nothing in it. It's actually a good thing that I snuck off like I did, because if I hadn't, we wouldn't have seen them coming. They would have been able to sneak up on us as we were coming up the hill and do God knows what to us. The first one I noticed was an adult male with a baseball bat. He had actually opened our car door and was rifling through things in our car, trying to find a key I'm guessing. There were about eight people in total in the group, ranging from adults I would say in their thirties to teenagers and children, no more than twelve or thirteen years old. They all had weapons. Golf clubs, sticks, a cane, and baseball bats. I yelled at the guy what the hell he thought he was doing going through our car, and my boyfriend came charging over the hill, bless his heart, right through the posse of creeps and weirdos, who seemed to be lying in wait for us. It appeared that we had ruined whatever plans they had in mind, because they immediately backed off. Some even tried to hide their weapons behind their backs, which was just stupid if you ask me. Who wouldn't notice a baseball bat behind somebody's back? Baseball bat guy demanded to know what we were doing there, and I demanded to know what the hell he thought he was doing in our car. He didn't answer, just looked at me all nervous. My ex-boyfriend said we were just admiring the architecture of the house, and that we were leaving. They let us get into our car, and drive off, which in itself was a miracle. They followed us in a black pickup, with no plates for a good 20 minutes. Instead of heading for home, we headed to the closest city, which was Barry, Ontario. Filed a report with a policeman, who seemed more shaken than us, and headed home. My ex never went back to that roofing job again. He had someone else finish it, and he went on to another one. I wanted to go back, but after telling people what happened, I couldn't find anyone to go with me. My ex and I continued various explorations, but we both started carrying knives. I still carry one to this day even when I hike. I have not read of anyone else having similar experiences at Satan's Castle, 
Recently, my cousin, who is also an explorer, contacted me with a place she wanted to go. Guess where? And guess what? We have made arrangements to go there in the next couple of weeks. Thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed telling it. Some of these stories are seriously creepy and I would not want to be in an abandoned place like that myself. If any of you guys are urban explorers, I'd love to hear about it in the comments. Also, don't forget to leave a like on the video. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, that way you will be able to check out the new podcast coming very, very soon. And also hit the notification bell. That way you will be first to know when a new video comes out on the channel. As always, you can contact me by social media or email, especially if you've got a story that you want to share. I always enjoy reading them, even if it's just to myself. So, until next time, sleep tight.